Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. Uh, there's a new book out in Canada called Proud to Play, Canadian LGBTQ plus athletes who made history. And when the writer Erin Silver contacted me a couple of weeks ago, I jumped at the chance to interview her as she profiles about a dozen different LGBTQ people in and around Canadian sports. A couple of them have been on this podcast before, namely Eric Radford and Mark Tewksbury. There are other Olympians like Anastasia Boussis in there uh, and other friends of OutSports like Brock McGillis. So I figured I would chat with Erin about the process of putting together this book, how she identified the different athletes to highlight, and just some of the stories that stuck out to her that were particularly revealing. And while well, we've been doing OutSports for 20 years, God, over 20 years. Uh, it, it, there are still lots of stories, even from 20 years ago, that I have either forgotten about or never knew about. And Aaron shares a couple of those with us this week. Anyhow, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Aaron Silver. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me. I'm curious, what was the spark that led you to want to write this book? Oh, well, actually, this was a book that my publisher, Lorimer, had been wanting someone to write, and I'd been chatting with them about different ideas, and when they asked if I wanted to take this project on, I, I was a little bit nervous because it's such an important topic, and it really matters to athletes and children and the LGBTQ community and just any Canadian, and so I just, you know, I have a degree in journalism and um, a, a degree in um, writing as well. And I just wanted to use all those skills to get this book right, um, just because I know how important it is. And um, so I was excited to take on the challenge and dive into the research and interview everyone. As someone who's not LGBTQ and writing about these LGBTQ heroes in sports, what were some of the things you did very early on to make sure that you were addressing this with you know the utmost care and and not not hitting some stumbling blocks well i read so many different websites and studies and reports and autobiographies uh, including your website and your book and um, you know the mark tewksbury biography there were just so many different resources i referenced and of course i interviewed the athletes featured in the book as well and after i wrote their story i made sure that they were happy and comfortable with what i had written so they all got to weigh in and make sure they they liked how they were being reflected because i you know i didn't want to put any words in their mouth or say anything wrong. And also um, we had several academics involved in reading it over, providing input. We made a lot of changes in response to their ideas. Um, we had readers from EGAL, um, you know, just so many people involved because they know this subject is important and that it matters and they, you know, they really helped so much in making sure this book would reflect, um, you know, the experience and, um, you know, th that it's something that we can all stand by. So it's so nice that the Canadian Olympic Committee is um, excited about this book and EGAL and all the athletes. So it's been really exciting to see this book come to life and to know that, that I, we 
you know, work together on something that we can all be proud of. For those listening who might not be in Canada, EGAL is the big national LGBTQ rights group, kind of like the human rights campaign in the United States. It's, it's interesting. I, I teach a journalism class at the University of Florida. It's, it focuses on um, social justice issues in sports. So uh, racism, homophobia, transphobia, sexism. And one of the things that I tell my students all the time is that when you're writing about a subject and you are not part of the demographic group you're writing about, make sure somebody from that group reads what you're doing to make sure you don't screw up. And it sounds like you did exactly that. You made sure that LGBTQ people were taking a look at this before it uh, went to print. Well, I felt a huge responsibility to get it right and, you know, to make sure that everyone involved would be proud, that it was accurate, um, and that it was telling the story um, of homophobia in professional sports in Canada. So I couldn't afford to get it wrong. It was, you know, it was special to me to feel like I, I took part in a book that's gonna make a difference and have an impact. And there's just no room for error. It, it was just too important. And I know from the athletes that I spoke to in the book, how important it was for them to have um, you know, they didn't have role models and resources when, when they were young athletes. So to give this kind of book to the next generation and make these heroes visible and give them a platform, it, it was just really important to me. And uh, so I'm so glad that it's getting such great reviews, respected reviews, and um, it's been named a TD Book Week pick, which is a big deal. Um, so, so it's all very exciting, and I'm proud of it. And I'm just, you know, thrilled that it's getting the positive reaction it's been getting, especially in the middle of a pandemic when, you know, I didn't know the book was delayed. It was supposed to come out last year, but Pride was canceled and the Olympics were canceled. And um, so I didn't know if it would ever see the light of day. So to have it come out now and get attention when um, the pandemic is still top of mind is, you know, really important to me. Oh, stories like this are more needed now than ever. So let's dive into some of the athletes you wrote about. How did you go about picking? There, there are 10 chapters, uh, and I think over the course of it, there are, there are 10 or 11 different people you, you profile. How did you go about picking these people? Uh, we wanted to make sure that we really examined what it was like for men, for women, in judge sports, in team sports, um, we looked at transgender athletes, we looked at a Paralympian, we just wanted to make sure we weren't just focusing on, you know, men's hockey, because um, uh, there's so many other sports and other experiences that, you know, deserve to be explored as well. And, you know, it takes um, also a historical view of, you know, we interviewed um, a lady named Betty Baxter, who was fired um, as a coach because they, people thought she was a lesbian. And that, that was a major landmark. And, and you write about that on your website as well. And so it kind of looks at the past, the present and where we're going in the future. So we examine this from all angles across the sport, spoke to lots of different athletes about their experience in order to draw some conclusions about, you know, the, how things are going and, 
you know, what, what we continue to need to work on going forward. What were, give us just a couple of stories that from these athletes that jumped out at you or things that you learned that you thought were particularly interesting or that grabbed you or that moved you? You know, I think all of the athletes in the book have important stories to tell and they were brave in coming out. Um, you know, I, I think of Anastasia Busis who wrote very powerfully about her experience suffering from depression and anxiety because she didn't feel comfortable being herself and her performance suffered on the ice and that she just never lived up to the potential she felt she had because she had so many other issues to focus on. And it wasn't until she came out before the Sochi Olympics and, you know, kind of took a stand um, and told everyone how proud she was uh, to be who she was that, um, you know, that she finally started to feel happier and healthier. So it's stories like that. You, you don't appreciate what goes on behind the scenes. It's hard enough to be an athlete, but to also not feel safe or comfortable being yourself. Um, you know, your sexual orientation shouldn't, shouldn't matter. It's your performance. It's what kind of person you are, what kind of teammate. And just, there were so many stories like hers um, we, where they just didn't feel safe or comfortable. And, um, you know, Rosie Coster is another example. She was a rhythmic gymnast and she also had to pretend to like men. She worried about what would the judges say? They, they, such a tough sport and they can deduct marks for anything. So if she came out and, uh, the judges knew she was a lesbian, would they take marks off for that? It's, you know, they, they, these athletes really risked a lot to come out and, uh, just the damage to their mental health beforehand was, was really striking to me. Did you get to interview each one of the people in the book? I did. I interviewed, um, you know, there's a, there was a couple people who I did not get to interview like Angela James and she was called the Wayne Gretzky of um, women's hockey. And, and I didn't get to interview her, but otherwise everyone else I um, got to interview from Mark Tewksbury and Anastasia Busis to Rosie Kosser, Eric Radford, uh, Jessica Platt, Brock McGillis, the first um, out pro um, Canadian hockey player. So, you know, I interviewed all of them. They were very generous with their time. And um, it was, uh, I had a lot of really good candid discussions with them to, to make sure I reflected their experience. So, so it was, they were fully supportive, fully on board. And um, this book really reflects what their experience was in, in sports. One of the chapters you mentioned, Jessica Platt, uh, out trans athlete in Canadian professional hockey. Right now in the United States, the inclusion of trans women in women's sports is one of the hottest, hottest topics. Uh, it's hard to log on to a news site or TV and not see something going on with this state bills. I'm curious, talk to us about what the story that Jessica shared with you and, and what your takeaways from your conversation with her? Well, I think, you know, she's another amazing athlete who went through so much. She, 
She came from a small town um, where there wasn't a lot of diversity. She didn't know what it meant to be transgender. It took a really long time and you know, years of depression to kind of figure out who she was, what it meant, what she could be. And, um, you know, it took a lot of courage to um, transition, to tell her parents, to, to live her authentic life. And then on top of that, to decide she wanted to make a professional hockey team that was, you know, it took guts and courage and you know when she made the team and she worked so hard to actually come out to not know what your teammates are going to think to not know what the media is going to think and you know it took a lot of bravery so um you know she she was also an incredible role model uh, a great story and you know someone we could be proud of You mentioned Betty Baxter, and there's a chapter about Baxter and Lie. And you know, I I feel like I know everybody who has some profile in the LGBT sports world. I'm not sure who Lie is. Who is that? Uh, so she's actually a um, she's on Team Canada uh, on the softball team, and she happens to also coach women's softball in the U.S. Um, so she, um, yeah, she's she's both an athlete and a coach. And I think what's striking about her experience is that um, as a coach and as a teammate, um, you know, her 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 team has been very inclusive and it doesn't matter to anybody um, if someone's uh, gay or not gay, you know, they're very inclusive and welcoming and, um, you know, talk about their private lives. And even as a coach, um, so Betty's experience was she was, fired and not even that long ago um, she was um, fired for being lesbian and now they have um, Joey Liza coach and it's kind of people look up to her and she can um, talk to her students um, uh, you know and you know help them uh, with any questions they have so I think things have changed university sports are changing and um, things are are improving. When you were coming up with your list of folks to talk to, who didn't make the cut? Who was number 11? Um, you know, I think we found, you know, there's so many great examples. We could have chosen lots of different people, but I think these were the athletes that we all agreed. Um, you know, I had an editor and a publisher who, who we agreed whose stories we wanted to tell. And there's lots of other athletes profiled in sidebars. Um, so I think we included... Um, a huge range of athletes and experiences. And even if they weren't um, featured, if their story wasn't featured, we, we included as many people as we could who were firsts or who were brave or, or who, um, you know, set the stage for, for, you know, the athletes that followed. Like you said, you have a really diverse group here. You have men, women, trans, you have Paralympian coaches. But one of the things that I find missing, and correct me if I'm wrong, because again, I'm not a coach lie. I don't, I'm not really super familiar with her story. Um, I don't see any people of color on this list. Well, Angela James was, um, she was a person of color and I wanted to make sure to include her. She is, um, she was cut from the first women's hockey team to go to the Olympics because um, because she was a lesbian and she 
wants to, you know, I, I chased after her and wanted to interview her and, you know, got to speak to her PR person, but she didn't want to be, um, to be interviewed. She, she'd rather talk about, you know, and she says it clearly here, she'd rather talk about um, the sports highlights and the score in the games than be a spokesperson or role model, which is fair. Uh, but we also have, um, we also have Julie Chu and Caroline Willette, two hockey players, uh, a couple, and they have a family together. So we, we included as much diversity as we could across ages and genders and sports. And, you know, Betty, um, yeah, Betty Baxter is a shining star and Angela James is a shining star, but we could only, you know, interview as many people as wanted to, to talk to us. So, you know, we really aimed for inclusion and diversity and to make everyone feel welcome and included. So, you know, we, we, we did the best we could and we're proud of it. And obviously there's, um, you know, maybe there'll be a part two. We can, we can do even better. <laughs> well, and it's, it's, I did not really, I hope that didn't come across as a criticism because one of the things I think you're up against focusing on athletes who have come out in Canada, Canada is not as, from what I understand, racially diverse as the United States, where we have a vast number of African Americans and uh, and Latinos and people of all different races who've been out in the United States. Canada, you don't have this much. Am I wrong? Well, Canada is a very diverse country and we're very proud of it, but we can only choose from athletes who have come out and who have been willing to share their stories. So maybe there is lots more and we just, you know, they're not comfortable talking about it. So it was definitely top of mind. It's definitely something that we thought of. It wasn't an oversight um, in the in the least, but these were the people we had to choose from. And we do mention um, uh, Michael Sam was a football player and he played in Canada. And we mentioned some other athletes in the big four chapter who, who came out. They didn't happen to be Canadian. So, you know, we were looking for, you know, specific sports and they all had to be Canadian. So, so we did the best to choose from who there was and who has come out. And I hope that this book stands as a resource for people thinking of coming out, wondering if they should, um, you know, and, you know, feeling like maybe one day it will be safe. So, you know, we, we picked from the people who had come out and the people who were willing to talk about it, but I'm sure there's so many more people of, you know, and it's, I'm sure different in for different cultural backgrounds or different races, maybe the stigma or the fear, they wonder if there's going to be enough support. So I think there's a lot of factors about who comes out and when. Um, so we, we just did the best to pick from, from who, who is out and willing to talk about their experience. So definitely that was top of mind. I don't take it as a, oh dear, I don't take it as a criticism at all, but it was definitely something we thought about, but we can only pick from who, um, who was willing to talk about their experience. Yeah, of course. And um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's okay. <laughs> it is. It, 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 it happens all the time and I when I watch uh, CNN it happens it happens in their interviews so if it could happen in there it could happen in the five rings to roll them all podcast yeah. oh god that's my son who's calling me non-stop <laughs> he really wants to talk mom yeah <laughs> uh well I'll just hold you for a couple of the minutes 
Um, but I'm curious, you talk about, you know, athletes feeling like it's safe to come out. Did you get any inclination from talking to these folks that any of them thought today, and of course, nobody can speak to every single um, person's experience, but did you get the overall feeling that it might be unsafe for people to come out in sports today? Well, I think there's more at stake in the big four sports. So if you're in the NBA, the MLB, I mean, NHL especially, I think their careers are short-lived. They're lucrative. A lot of people, you know, they don't want to um, be a distraction. They don't want to be distracted. They don't know what their fans will think, their teammates, their coaches, their endorsements. I think... Um, you know, the higher paid professional sports with a lot of visibility, I think it could be scarier for, for them to come out. And so people have not come out until after they retire, if at all. And, um, you know, people are just kind of waiting for that one big star in the NHL to say, I'm gay and um, look how great I am. Uh, so, so I think you know, we're, we're all waiting for that one big athlete to, to be the one, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, of course, you know, figure skating is not one of the big four sports, but Eric Radford did come out publicly. He represented Canada in Olympic games, ended up being part of the team that won gold medal this past time around. Uh, I'm curious how well known he is in Canada and, and his example is. Well, I think, um, you know, the last Olympics, he got a lot of attention and that was really exciting. And we were, you know, proud of him and proud to be Canadian and proud of his example. Um, he, he was bullied as a kid. Um, you know, people made fun of him for wanting to be a figure skater, but he didn't give up. He didn't quit. He kept going and he wanted to show everyone what what he could do. And it was especially hard in his case because he was a pair skater. And, you know, he he worried what what would the judges think? There's sometimes an element of romance, like like, are they together? Are they not together? And, you know, he he took a big risk in coming out and it, this just goes to show he, he could perform better when he was his authentic self and came home with a gold. So, so that was very exciting. And uh, he's also a great role model. He's got that incredible trifecta of an Olympic gold, Olympic silver and Olympic bronze. Not a lot of people have well, at least one of each of those. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and again, you know, Mark Tewksbury came out publicly after he had Olympic success. Um, I know it was, gosh, 25 years ago, but is Mark still a, a big part of Canadian culture? Do, do people still know who he is? And, and, and is his story con continuing to be told? You know, Mark is so great. And he has done so much for, um, you know, inclusion in the Olympics, and he's he's been very involved at the highest levels in um, promoting inclusion and diversity in sports and working with Special Olympics. And he even just received an Order of Canada medal, I believe. It was a very big honor. And he just hasn't stopped. He's always advocating and, you know, speaks to swim teams. And he actually mentored 
uh, Anastasia Buse as one of the athletes in the book uh, when she was coming out. So he's still very active, um, very well-known Canadian, and uh, he he's just an incredible person. And uh, you know, to you know, I remember him even in the Olympics and uh, my parents were such huge fans so to get to talk to him and he even tweeted about the book and mentioned my name. So that was all very exciting and another person to be proud of. He's done so much for, for sports and for Canadians and LGBTQ um, representation in the, in the community. Well, that's great. And I appreciate you putting this work in and, and getting this book out there. Like you said, every everything we can do to inspire kids in particular to be themselves and, and to see the possibility of acceptance, I just think is so important. And, and thank you for putting this together and, and taking such care with it. Well, thank you for having me. And honestly, this, I, I try to pick projects that make a difference. And this is one of those books that I know when people read it, um, it's going to matter. And so it's really special. And I just, I want to thank all of the athletes who took part in all the organizations and academics and people who weighed in and helped get it right. And even all of the, um, you know, journalists like you, who've been giving this book attention because, um, you know, even in a pandemic, these issues don't go away. They matter more than ever, like you said, and just getting this book some attention is, uh, is so important and so thank you for your for your time and your interest where can people find the book so the book is available on um, well if you're in Canada it would be um, there's a bookstore called Indigo and it's on Amazon and um, could uh, be available at just your local wherever you buy books it should be available and you can, uh, for more information, you can visit my website, aaronsilver.ca. And the book is Proud to Play Canadian LGBTQ Athletes Who Made History. And the publisher is Lorimer. The website for, for Lorimer is lorimer.ca. There's more information there too. As Aaron said, if you're in Canada, it's on Amazon. I just checked Amazon from the United States and it said it's out of stock, so I don't know if it's going to be available on Amazon in the United States or if you have to go to Lorimer. But again, it's Lorimer, L-O-R-I-M-E-R dot C-A. Check it out. It's a very well put together book. It's a little over 100 pages, easy to read, um, some photos, and, and lots of great stories. Like Aaron said, it's not just the 10 or 12 people that she highlighted, but lots of different names and faces. So definitely check that out, and I appreciate Aaron joining us. Great job with the book. Next couple weeks, I've got some interesting conversations. There is there's actually a Canadian Olympian who has never really talked about being LGBTQ publicly. They haven't hidden it, but they really haven't talked about it. I can't find an interview anywhere on their Wikipedia page, believe it or not. It's not they're not even listed as LGBTQ, but they've been out for 15 years. So come back for that conversation. Also going to interview an Olympic gold medalist who is trying very hard to work on trans inclusion in sports and it's a, that's an interview i've been literally trying to get for a year and they're going to join me uh again in a couple weeks anyhow thank you again for listening and we will talk to you soon